Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project podcast. We are so glad that you are here, uh, that you are listening, and hopefully that you are part of the conversation. Today, we're just really looking um, again into a discussion on love, and this time we're looking into how do we love and how are we loved uh, by God. Um, for a lot of us, and I feel like we could lose some people here, um, because uh, they've been hurt by the thought of God. They've, they've, they've been through circumstances um, that have pushed them away from God, um, maybe from just having a really crappy childhood where their parents have been uh, Christians who tout God but neglect them, or um, they've just been through abuse after abuse after abuse, and even um, you know maybe been molested or raped or, mm-hmm. or, or hurt by people who have uh, claimed to be of God. Um, other people go through circumstances today where life just, you know, slaps them upside the head every, every so often. And just it, life is hard. It is hard to, to get up each day. It's hard to, to move each day. And, and there's just this overbearing, just um, looming, uh, just crappy life in front of them. And they just, they work through that. For others, it's, you know, seeing loved ones die. I, I had someone who had a death in their family of someone really close uh, this week. And and that can sometimes turn people away from God. God, how could you take this person from mm-hmm. me? It, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, you, you let other people live who are just incredibly wicked, you know, or, wicked yeah. Yeah, yeah, horrible people. And yet you take this person away from me. Why would you do that? You know, and sometimes we, we take those circumstances and we, we say uh, that is how God loves. And if that's, uh, if that's how God loves, then I don't want anything part, any, any part of that God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've heard that many times is how can God take this child with cancer yet let this person go free yeah. and, and this murderer keep murdering or this rapist keep raping or, or this, this person who's just, you know, using people keep using people. Mm-hmm. How can that happen? I don't want a part of that God. Or how can, how can God let this person go and, and do this mass shooting at this high school and, and let them go, but the people who died are just good, well-intentioned, have incredible lives ahead of them, and this person gets to live. I, I don't get that. I don't want that God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes we, we let those circumstances kind of filter into who we think God is and how we think God loves and how he acts and how he responds to us. Mm-hmm. And, and so that can sometimes hurt us um, into, into you know, not wanting to be around God, not wanting to love God, not wanting to accept his love. And, and, and so that that's just a, a really hard point that we know some of you guys are going through. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk through this, we just really hope that you listen and hope that um, we articulate it well, because mm-hmm. um, we're not perfect. Um, but but we hope we articulate well how God loves and how um, we accept his love. So again, we have to bring up the subject of, of filters or predispositions and uh, they say by the time a child is eight or nine, 80% of their worldview is already put in place. So all those experiences they have is what they use to judge all kinds of love, relationships, and, and even God. And so it does become circumstantial. Let me give you uh, a few examples. So uh, there's this baggage they call abandonment, either by death or divorce or just total disinterest from the parents 
they you're, you're abandoned and usually uh, it responds two different ways one you get real clingy to everybody you're holding on and really you're just saying well you love me well you love me well you love me or you take the opposite response which is equally as prevalent as i don't need anybody i'm building walls and I don't need anybody. And these are the same things we not only project on future relationships, but we project on God. I am so, I, I feel so abandoned by him. Either I got to be so clingy and work, work, work and try to perform for his love. Or I basically say, I don't need you, God. I don't want you. I can do it all on my own. Then, then you have baggage that we'll call, uh, I see it a lot in this generation. There's this entitlement baggage that, that kids where their parents are just their friends and not, not their authority figures. And, you know, every time they get in trouble, they bail them out and they just become some entitled mess. And that, that transfers to a relationships where no one ever told them no. And now they're going to try to submit to a God who loves them and knows best for them. And they just say, no, God, no one tells me no. I do what I want when I want. Uh, then, then you have what I call like the anorexic baggage or you're just starving. And it's not about maybe death or divorce or disinterest, but maybe you grew up, as you mentioned, Jeremy, in a family where you just didn't get the attaboy uh, unless you performed well. When you did well, you got it. And, and so the natural response is to, to kind of treat God the same way. And if I overperform, he's got to love me. If I, uh, if I do even things I don't want to do for him, he's got to appreciate that. So Understanding these filters is is how we uh, project our love from God, which really is just such a warped viewpoint of God. And I don't know if we can ever truly understand love from those filters. And, and I think that that said, it's very important that we define uh, how God loves us mm. and what he thinks about us. And, and we've kind of, you know, vaguely mentioned it in other podcasts, but, but really diving down into what does the love of God mean? What, what does that feel like? What does it, um, what does that encounter mm-hmm. look like? You know, what is it that he says about us and how does he love us? Um, you know, uh, the Bible says that God is love. Well, sometimes it doesn't feel like God is love. Yeah. You know, sometimes it doesn't feel like he is what he is portrayed to be. It's like you said, he's the, uh, the, the guy in the white beard up in the clouds that will slap you down anytime you yeah, you mess up you know he, he he's that person who says no to you um, he, he's that that person who you know likes you only when you do good things mm-hmm. and, and that's just not true um, so what does God's love look like well uh, let me tell you about my my journey these last seven years uh, when I left full-time ministry at a church where I was for 17 years and and branched out and, and do some work with missions organizations and a lot of counseling. And this it was not just a, a vocational journey. It's been a real spiritual journey. And I've come to the place through other friends who actually loved me. If you list our, our last podcast or the podcast that's following, not sure how we're going to put this together. But uh, loving others, someone loved me enough to help walk me on a journey, help me carry that burden that I was walking through. And uh, my transformation was this. I used to love God. I grew up in a Baptist, fundamental Baptist. In fact, we weren't happy just to be fundamental. We were militant fundamental, which was about two goose steps short of a Nazi Baptist, but I like to say. A cult, maybe? <laughs> you know, court, it could be very close. You know, we, we, were, we were definitely cult. I don't know if we were cult, but it was so strong and judgmental. And uh, I, I loved God. I, I, was, I was taught as a child to love God, and I realized it was more fearing God. I loved him out of fear. 
I loved him because if I didn't love him, what would he do to me? I remember going to bed I, I, from the age I was 12, and um, I remember honestly, out of a out of 365 nights that year, probably over 200 of them, I said, "God, if you didn't save me uh, yesterday, save me today." I didn't want to go to bed without doing that because uh, I was afraid. Uh, I mean, I knew He was a God who punishes, and of course, you're going to punish me. So this transformation was was this that it's not so much that I love Him, but it, it, it's an outflow of how He loves me. Revelations 2 says that Jesus talking to the church and he says of Ephesus, you know, you've done good things. I want to tell you about all the good things done. You stand up against wickedness. You persevere. I know you're under tribulation and, and persecution and you stand firm. I'm so proud of you. You do the hard work, but now I've got something against you. You've lost your first love. Now, I'm telling you, as a pastor, you could guilt the snot out of somebody with that verse. You're not coming to church enough. You're not tithing enough. There's a million different guilt points and buttons I could push to make that verse accomplish what I wanted it to accomplish. But the truth of that verse is this. You've lost your first love. Again, I'm big on definitions, so you have to go back and define first love. You find it uh, a few books before Revelation. In 1 John, he says, we love him because he first loved us. So that verse, the meaning is totally different. It's not, I'm not performing hard enough for you, God. What I've left, I've left the fact of how much he loves me. When that really registered with me, um, it it took away my, uh, I lived on the identity of being a pastor. Like, God, you have to be a little extra pleased with me because I was a pastor. You got to love me a little bit more than the worship leader because <laughs> I'm a pastor. And the truth is he loves me. And because of that, because he first loved me, I this journey has taught me now. I now I can I can really love him. So to answer your question, Jeremy, how do I know he loves me? Like any other uh, topic in Scripture, it does boil down to faith. I have to believe that that verse is true that he loves me, and then I have to consciously make a choice that this is what I believe, um, and and. That's where circumstances mess with that, because if my love for him is only circumstances, circumstantial, then circumstantial depends on how I love or how much I love. Uh, if I love him and I made the conscious choice to believe he loves me regardless, um, circumstances are, really don't matter. It changes the way I look at me. It changes the way I look at people. It readjusts all my filters. And as I do that and start to feel comfortable knowing that he loves me, um, again, it sounds really subjective to someone out there who hasn't experienced this, but there's a time when you make that choice that you know that you know that you know. I could be away from my wife for two weeks. I, I went went to Ukraine for two weeks. I, I was pretty sure the whole two weeks in Ukraine she still loved me. I was certain of that. So that need, that human need that we all have of certainty, when I, when I know he loves me and I make the choice to live in that belief, uh, he makes me certain. Well, and it's kind of, uh, you know, to put it in, in a little bit of layman's terms, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a parent, right? Yeah. A parent loves their child regardless of circumstance, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to share the story, but I will. Um, <laughs> so w when my brother turned 17, the night that he turned 17, um, he ran away from home. And... Uh, in Texas, where we lived at the time, you are a legal adult at 17. Hmm. So the night that he turned 17, I remember it vividly. 
that that day we went and saw Aladdin. So at 92, 93. Really? Yeah, he was 17. Um, Didn't get out much, huh? So, so yeah, we saw Aladdin. Great, great movie. Loved yeah. it. I was probably 12 at the time. Okay. Um, you know, we had this great thing. We had his girlfriend over. We we had this great, great day. And then that night, he he goes to the sliding door of the back of our house, and we don't see him mm. the next morning. He's gone. He's going through all through all this uh, turmoil of, of of wanting to be adult and and living. Uh, he, he goes over to his friend's house. We go searching for him. It, it was very very much a tumultuous time on my parents who are searching for their son for the entire day, mm-hmm. can't find him anywhere. They love him, but the circumstances, uh, you know, they don't really like him then, mm. r- right mm-hmm. then. I mean, yeah. they, they're, they're scared. They're, they're wondering where he is. And, they're hurt. Uh, they're hurt. Yeah. 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 The circumstances have changed. And, and so we finally find him that night, and it's just a very emotional night. My brother ends up leaving for a couple months and um, don't know where he is half the time, don't know where, what, what he's doing half the time. Um, my parents are hurt. But regardless of the way that they're hurt, they love him. Yeah. And hopefully, no matter what he's going through during that time, it, he knows that they love him as well. So so that, um, those circumstances didn't change the fact or the degree of how they loved him. Yes. And so in the same way, our circumstances, when our circumstances are, are crappy and, mm-hmm. and we're, or life has been hard on us, uh, it doesn't change the way that God loves us. Yeah. He loves us, and he sees us going through this stuff, and, and, and he, you know, he, he's not just a bystander. He does care. Yeah. It, it, it's just sometimes we go through stuff based off of choices we make or based off of choices that others make, um, you know, and he intervenes when he needs to and when he f- knows he needs to. Yeah. Um, but our circumstances don't negate the fact that he loves us, and it doesn't diminish the amount of love that he has for us. Yeah, it really shows how fickle we could be as human beings that when things are going great, we love him and knows he loves us. And then when uh, the car accident comes or the cancer diagnosis or whatever, that now, A, he might not love us and I may not love him because I'm angry. Yeah. And you know, it, love's not based on, on the circumstances at all. It isn't based on circumstances. So knowing that he does love us, and sometimes that takes faith yep. um, through circumstances. You know, sometimes it takes knowledge through circumstances. Um you know, knowing that he loves us, I, I think we need to talk about how we accept his love. You yeah. know, how, how do we accept it in those tough times? How do we, you know, accept that he loves us and accept that he desires to know us and, to, and for us to know him? And, and as the, the Bible says, he, he, he has plans for us, yeah. plans for us to prosper, plans for us to, um, you know, work within his plan. Yeah. So how do we accept that um, in the midst of any circumstance that we're in? So when you, my theory is when I don't know something, I keep backing up until I do know something. So uh, I, I have to go back to the, what I believe about the nature of God. So Jeremy, you're a parent. You have two little kids. Is it is every decision you make for them in their best interest? Yes. Yeah. Good they idea. don't think it. Huh? Yeah. Of course, they don't think it. They don't think grounding is in their best interest, but it is because well, you're teaching well, them discipline. And... It, it, it's it's kind of like my uh, my son. He uh, the other night he he was grabbing at scissors. I take him away, <laughs> and I am the worst person in the world. And he is screaming his head off at yeah. me, and does so for the next thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it, you know, we're, we're trying to keep them safe. And that's, that's something we continually tell them. We're trying to keep you safe. We're trying to keep you whole. We're trying to make sure you don't get hurt. Um, and they don't see it that way. They we're taking away their joy and their happiness and what they want in that moment. Therefore, you're not a loving dad. You're a mean dad. Yes. Yes. And, and you, you don't love, how could you love me dad? If you allowed that to happen? Um, I, I speak at different places so much. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on a, a former podcast or not, but uh, I remember I was with my granddaughter who's 12, and we were at a ball game watching her brothers play Little League, and uh, I saw her looking at this boy on the other team. I'm like, oh, he's cute, huh? And she, she blushed. I said, you're not allowed to marry anybody that I don't give approval to. And she said, Tata, which is what she calls me. Don't ask me why. That's another whole podcast. <laughs> and it's like she got offended. And and I remember thinking, does she not think? Uh, I mean, I was slightly, I was joking, like I would have that uh, ability to do that or not. But did she really think in that 12-year-old brain that I would pick someone that wouldn't be in her best interest, that I, that I wouldn't pick someone that would make her happy? And I think that's what I have to go back to when I'm experiencing tough circumstances in my own life that doesn't change God's viewpoint. I mean, you mentioned it. You mentioned Jeremiah 29, that he knows his plans for me. And and again, it's a, I have to get up and make the conscious choice that, okay, God, I'm trusting you. A, I know you love me. Uh, and B, I know you have my best interest as mine because it does not look like it or feel like it in this moment. And I try to tell people, don't ever make a decision based on feelings because feelings lie. And I would have to say that for myself about the circumstances. Yeah. It does go back to faith and my choice to believe that he loves me. Yeah, I mean, and, and just the thought that he knows the hairs on our head, you know, he, he, he can count them. He, kn- he knows what's there. They're easier that, now. The older they're they easier now. They are for some of us more than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he, he knew us before we're even in the womb. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knew who we were and who, what we're going to go through and um, what his plans were for us mm-hmm. before that point. So uh, going back to your story with your granddaughter, if he knows that much about us, don't you think he knows how to navigate us through all this? Yeah. yeah. That's a huge leap of faith, but it's true at the same time. Yeah. And and the fickleness comes in when I accept all that when it's when it feels good. Yes. But I don't want to accept it uh, when it doesn't feel good. And I mean, so that says so much more about us than it ever does say about God. Well, I remember a book when I was growing up. I I think I inherited it from my brother and my sister. Um, but it was a book that said, God, if you love me, why can't I get my locker open? You know, and that's <laughs> yeah. sometimes how it feels. It's, God, Absolutely. if you love me, why is my car breaking down? Yeah. God, if you love me, why has this gone to crap? You know, God, if you love me, why are my circumstances so difficult? And I, and I think that's a hard thing to answer. Yeah. But at the same time, it takes faith. It takes knowledge of who God is and, and how he loves us and and how he knows who we are and what we need and what we don't need. Um you know, and it's it's hard to say in yeah. the circumstance, yeah. but when you look back on it, you you realize what happened. Yeah, you know, and and and, and that's a that's a tough place to come from. Is yeah. hindsight's easy when it's twenty twenty. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but but seeing it in the moment yep. is difficult as anything. It is, and you know that's where it's so funny that we sometimes wrestle against that because some, one of the core needs every human being has is they have a need to love and have that received 
and to be loved and to receive it. So the very essence of who we are is we need to be loved and we want to love somebody. And God put that need in us because he wanted to show us, yeah, your wife loves you and, and accept your love. And yes, your children do. But no one will meet that need in its complete fullness other than God. Yet we wrestle against that. It's that it's doesn't even make sense to me. Well, and sometimes when we don't feel that love and accept that love, mm-hmm. um, we almost you know, mess up our circumstances because we choose to go search for that love yeah. um, in other places. I, I, I told you today, you know, um, a, a conversation I had with my wife last night was just talking about how I think the people who need, uh, who, who vie for your attention uh, so much that sometimes it's annoying mm-hmm. are the people who need your love the most. Absolutely. And when they don't get it from you or when they don't feel like they get it from God even, yeah. Then they search for it in other places, whether it be relationships or um, that they shouldn't be in, you know, where they're hanging on to this abusive, horrible Mm -hmm. relationship because that's what gives them that small ounce of fulfillment because they're not willing to 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 see uh, the love that God is is trying to shower on them, but they they don't accept it. And, And the replacement is never as good as the original. So the girl who was abandoned. And, and feels God's abandoned her. She runs around and she's so desperately looking for love that <clears throat> she'll sleep with 10 different guys, hoping that in the morning they'll tell her that they love her mm-hmm. and they don't. And so that kind of love is so unfulfilling and actually debilitating when the love that God gives us is really, it's really invigorating. And, and so you and I who've been Christians for a long time struggle with it. I can't imagine how an atheist struggles with understanding God loves them when we just know even in our own Christian life we've struggled with this concept of God lo- God love. And it is a choice to accept God's love. I mean, it, it, it's something that we have to choose to do. And sometimes the, the funny thing is, is, is our circumstances make us wonder where God is, but sometimes our circumstances are what God's putting us through so that we make that choice in order to turn to him and to accept his love. Yeah. Or put us or allow us to go through. I mean, really, that's the that's the age old parable of the prodigal son. You know, he he made a choice. I want what I want. What I want sounds a lot like us in our spiritual walk. And because really, it was love that let the father give him his money and go. Uh, then again, in the at the rock bottom, he made a choice to come back because he knew the father loved him. So it wasn't. Eaten slop was his punishment. Eaten slop was his place of self-awareness that I left the place of real love. Uh, again, that, it all boils down to choice. Well, and it wasn't a, a mean father. Mm-hmm. It was a father who loved him and allowed him to go through those circumstances so that he could understand where the true love was. Mm, yeah. um, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, my son, if he, um, you know, if I let him go through with those scissors, he's going to, the first thing he's going to do is run to me after he cuts himself, yep. looking for comfort, yep. looking for love, looking for uh, healing and mending. And in the same way, that's how God, yeah. you know, sometimes allows us to go through circumstances that we put ourselves in yeah. um, because he wants us to come out the other end and say, okay, I need my father. I need, I need to run to the person who can heal me, who can comfort me, who can bring me peace. Yeah. And, and so sometimes it's making that choice after something goes horribly wrong. That, and, that has to happen. And, and part of that choice is, I mean, you, you make a good choice when you do a lot of good research. Like you wouldn't buy a car without, you know, researching what car is good. And 
you didn't marry your wife until you really got to know her. So the choice to love God is the choice to understand, to know him more. Well, and it's also having gone through various relationships where I knew that they weren't the one, right. the one that was going to fulfill me, the one that was going to right. to love me, the one that was that I couldn't live without. Um, you can it, love by process of elimination. Yeah. Well, but 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 it's under it's having seen those yes. the, the way that those relationships were and how I felt in those relationships, I knew that this one was different. Yeah. Every love that really wasn't love only made true love shine at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the same thing with with the choices that we make when we choose to do all these things rather than choose to accept God's love and then yeah. you know it all those things are pale in comparison. Even when you think that they're great, yeah. they're not really great in the whole sense of what greatness can be. You know, they may be a glimmer when the fullness of accepting God's love is just yeah. freaking sun. And so when I don't know something, I go back to what I do know. I do know, uh, we you've heard that in church many times. We've heard God is love. And we say things so much that we really suck the power out, the real power of it the... It desensitizes us. Yeah, it really does. It it is. The truth is he is love and everything he does is love, which means circumstances be heck. You know, gone to heck, it doesn't matter. He he loves us regardless. And that's where we talked about, maybe I think it was our first podcast when we brought in the idea of reframing. Reframing really comes in strong when it talks about God's love. Uh, it's the prodigal son. He, he had to do that. He had to reframe that in order to find the father's love again. And so I think when we look for takeaways from our podcast today was uh, I would maybe ask you to go back and think of some hard times, some rough times, some painful times, and find a way to reframe that and and can show yourself that God loved you in that. It'll change the meaning of the whole experience. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe it helps us accept it more, you know, accept that mm. love more, knowing what we've gone through and knowing how God's let us go through that yeah. or or what he's shown us through it. I mean, it, when you reframe it, it, it brings a whole new connotation on Absolutely. the circumstance that you went through. Yeah. Um, and for some people, that's hard. You know, it, it's, it's hard to accept that God let you go through that. It's hard to accept that that God was, you know, kind of like the old uh, poem, Footsteps, you know, yeah. that, that you didn't realize God was carrying you through it, yeah. and, and he wasn't just this figment off in the, you know, universe somewhere not caring about what you were doing. So when you reframe and understand that God's carrying you through it, man, it's, it's huge in, in then knowing that you can accept what happened there and accept his love through it. And you know what happens when you don't fully accept it? My, my mentor used to always use that with me. He said, you remember that poem, that the, the footprints? You'd always see one footprint in the sand. He goes, well, yours was when you look behind you, there was ruts where God drug you. you didn't, <laughs> because I resisted his love. You know, So I didn't have footprints. I had two ruts that followed me but because I resisted God's love. I, and when we don't accept God's love, we... It, I don't know that it hurts him, but it certainly does hurt us, you know, experientially. It, it does hurt us. It does. And, and you know, accepting God's love is definitely a choice. Yep. I mean, I think we've exhausted that yep. that um, thought pattern and, and what that is. Um, loving God's also a choice, you know. Mm-hmm. And loving God is, is a hard thing because it's kind of like the old adage, what, what do you give the person who has everything? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, if God is love yeah. and God is the epitome of what love should be, uh, how can your love even compare to what yeah. he actually deserves and, and desires? And, and so that's sometimes a hard thing to do. It's a, it's a hard thing to love God because you're like, I, I don't even know how this works. I don't know yeah. how to do it. 
so the question would be like, so how do I, how do I love God? Yeah. Um, and I think based on our prior two podcasts that when I accept his love, then I in turn love, learn to love myself and love others. I think there's no other way to show God that I love him. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I become a conduit, not just a receiver of his love, but I'm a conduit of it too. Yeah. It's like a, it's a funnel. You're the funnel, right? So God's pouring his love into you and then, uh, it's funneling through you to other people, yeah. you know, or, or you could look at it a different way is, is the funnels overflowing and, and everything that's, that doesn't end up in you yeah. ends up in other people because it, it, it's, it's so vast. It's so encompassing that yeah. the overflow, you know, of God's love when you're, when you're living in a spirit, when you're accepting of his love, um, that, that love just permeates your being and, yeah. and just, and, and just ends up in everything you do and every conversation you have yeah. and every circumstance that you're in. Um, God's love is just overflowing and therefore you're loving people yeah. through the love that he's, it's not you loving them. It's, it's the overflow or, yeah. or, or the funneling. And that overflow, that. the word overflow is the word picture of cannot be contained. It's like, I, I cannot not love you because he loves me. Uh, it, it, more than overflow, it, it's the natural, the only natural response I can do it with, because I'll, I'll bust, I can't hold all his love. I gotta, I have to get rid of it. I had lunch with a, a friend in Nebraska uh, when I went back to the last time, and he told a story of, uh, of a man he met who was a youth pastor who was struggling. He actually just got out of ministry, and in, while they were talking, he, he said to my friend, I feel so far from God, or actually I feel God so far from me. I don't know that I've experienced the presence of God in years. And he began to weep. So my friend got up, walked over, and hugged him. It wouldn't let go. It wouldn't let go. And the guy, and then the guy relaxed. He goes, oh, I get it. I get it. You're, God's loving me through you. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, well, that, what a great illustration, really. Guess guess what? He he showed God. He that God loved him through another person. We get that opportunity. So like when I prepare myself for a day and I'll ask that question a lot of times, God, show me you love me and show me someone I can show your love to. And now I'm kind of prepared to be looking for that during mm-hmm. the day. Uh, and, and when I realize that when I show somebody God's love, that probably makes God smile. And that's uh, really pretty easy to do. And it's, it's really effortless, <laughs> you know, nothing of me but of him. Well, and we in, in a church setting, we talk about worshiping and praising God, and and so often we uh, associate that with singing songs, yeah. which I sometimes uh, relate to following the bouncing dot as it goes across <laughs> the screen. Um, you could very much do that, um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I I think when we when we confine praising God to to song and to and to a, a time on a Sunday morning, I, I think really what what pr- brings praise to God um, is the way that we love others. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I, I think naturally for some people who listen to this podcast to say, well, you love God through praising him. And, and, and but what's that look like? And, and I think the ultimate is, is by l- loving him, accepting his love and then loving others, Yeah, you know? And, and, and so well, there's the internal and the external. So maybe praising him is my internal way of accepting his love, but externally I, I show that. Well, and the Bible says that, you know, our uh, it's in Romans. It, it says our physical act of worship mm-hmm. is the way that we live, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that you could you could even say it's not only the way that you live, but 
It's the way that you show love through life. Yeah. You know, it's the way that you act towards other people. It's the way that you conduct yourselves. It's the way that you behave. It's the way that um, not only that, that you deal with the circumstance, but it's the way that you you know, deal with other people's circumstances. Uh, you know, like we said before, you know, it's a, it, it's shouldering each other's burdens. Yeah. I mean, that that's praising, that's loving. Mm-hmm. You love God by the way that you act towards everyone. I, I agree with you, Jeremy. And, you know, we it, it might seem like we rambled on about love, and love is such a broad thing, but I, you have to know how important it is, these last three podcasts of loving yourself and, and loving others and, of course, loving God. And what we decided today is in reverse order. We love all those because we loved him. But love is more than just, uh, I just don't want you to think it's just this ambiguous term because there's more and more movies, songs, poetry, novels written about love, but it's important. So important that Paul said of, of these three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. So we wanted to take a few weeks to, to talk about the greatest of these things, love, uh, Find a way to set your mind this week and ask God, show me that you love me and show me how to love others. Write us, email us, text us, let us let us know your experience when you do that. And, and we hope that you do experience that, that you do take that challenge. Um, it, it's a hard one. I mean, really dissecting what's gone on in life and, and looking back on it and and also, um, you know, asking God to show him that you love him, that, that's that's sometimes a, yeah. a dangerous, scary yeah. Yeah. Um, thing. So, um, and you know what, Jeremy? Maybe I'd, I'd love to hear from whoever's listening out there to email us or let us know how they've experienced. I'd love to hear their personal story of how they've experienced God's love. I, I'm always fascinated by how God interacts with each one of us individually. So, and it's all different because God Absolutely. knows yep. how you tick, and and you tick differently from other people. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, let us know those things. I mean, uh, talk to us. Uh, be part of the conversation. Um, again, there, there's just uh, a few places that we have that ability to, to converse with whoever's listening, and uh, those places are uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash RP podcast. Uh, we also have an Instagram at RP podcast. And then uh, thirdly, we have Twitter at the RP podcast. Um, and then there's always our website and you can get on there. It's rppodcast.com, uh, where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our social networking info. Um, and then, uh, you can always just uh, reach out to us via email or whatnot. So, um, we hope that you take that challenge. We hope that, um, if you haven't accepted God's love recently, that you're, 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 this hopefully spurs you on to do that somehow, um, you know, to, to reevaluate that, to look at how yeah. God's loved you through your circumstances. And, and as Gary said, reframe those circumstances and try to see God's love through it. Um, and if you have accepted God's love, I, I hope that you would just love others mm-hmm. uh, well and intentionally and not in a way that is out of duty, but instead a, a way that is uh, built out of that overflow that is, mm-hmm. that is through that love that, that God's given you and uh, loved you with. So hopefully uh, you do that this week, and uh, we would love to hear from you, and uh, we hope that you have a great week doing that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.